Welcome to the Truman Charities Podcast, a community of caring. I am Jamie Truman, your host. I'm one of the co-founders of Truman Charities. Our organization has raised over $1 million for several different charities as we share our message of helping others and paying it forward. We plan to continue to educate our audience on the culture of giving. On this podcast, I will interview fellow charity founders, volunteers, sponsors, and other people in the community who will share their stories. You will hear and be inspired by their selflessness and passion for helping others. Welcome to another episode of A Community of Caring. Let me introduce my guest today. She is a mother of two, founder, president, and CEO of Project 8P, Bina Shaw. Bina, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Of course. Thank you so much. We had such an incredible conversation the other day, and it was so informative. I am so excited for our listeners to learn as much as I did from our conversation. So I want to get right into it. Can you just tell us a little bit about your story and why you decided to create this organization? I'd love to. Um, So I have a beautiful daughter um, who was diagnosed pretty early at eight months old with what's called, and uh, brace yourself because it's a mouthful, chromosome 8P, inversion, duplication, and deletion. And um, as you can imagine, I had no idea what that meant. And she was, uh, we were basically struggling with some of those early infant uh, developmental milestones that we weren't really seeing her um, do. And I have a, an, a son who's older, um, a couple years older than her. So as just a mother's gut intuition um, and a basis for comparison, I kind of had a hunch that something wasn't right. She was kind of like an easy, calm baby. And everyone would always say like, oh, wow, your three-month-old is, um, she's so chill, She's so easy. And oddly enough, it kind of bothered me um, because like, I was like, but she's not really moving. And, you know, she's kind of just laying there and she doesn't really cry. But our pediatrician just said like, don't worry about it. Like, you know, she's, she looks great. Everything's great. And her neck couldn't really hold up strong. And like, she's just tiny. She's petite little girl. She's going to be cute, you know, and and that wasn't very comforting um, again. And I just had this hunch. So I kind of navigated uh, specialties in medicine that I never had heard of before. Like I didn't even know there was something, you know, people that see geneticists. And so um, I made an appointment, we did some blood work and this is this kind of odd diagnosis that was basically um, a hand on my shoulder by a genetic counselor and a doctor who said, you know, well, good luck. She's not going to Harvard and you should get some uh, family counseling. Oh, wow. How did that make you feel when they said that? I don't even know if I felt like I had no feeling like I was numb. Mm -hmm. And then that went into anger for the lack of bedside manner and utter confusion within minutes to emptying in the box of Kleenex in my car ride home with my husband. And we were just silent, you know, and, and go home and love her was kind of the, the advice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of all you can do. And, and I think those were triggering words. That is not all we can do. And that is not all she's going to be able to do. 
is love us back. And I, I knew in my heart, I needed to figure out a plan. Um, I think that's how I uh, cope and manage is trying to have control over things. Um, <laughs> and so I had to come up with a strategic plan of how we're going to figure out what this rare diagnosis meant on this planet. What's, you know, what is she going to grow up and be? And, and let's be hopeful and positive, but let's do a lot more than that, than just love her. Of course, of course. I mean, she's a doll. And, you know, and then kind of fast forward, I decided to think about funding research and getting answers to all the questions that we had. You know, it just was unacceptable that everything was a question mark. Even if we went to experts, they were still question marks. Nobody knew anything. And so, yeah, I felt like I had to do something about it. When you, and I would urge anybody that's listening to go onto your website and read the letter from the founder, which is you, and you tell the story about, you know, the beginning journey with you and your daughter and your family. And you put in there that you went to a specialist and they gave you a brochure, a genetics counselor, and that it was 30 years old. Was that one of the moments that you were like, we have to do something? I couldn't even read it. I looked at the date and I saw, I flipped through it really quickly and I just looked at the pictures. Mm -hmm. And so that date was, okay, this is 30 years old. And the pictures were kids in wheelchairs or dysmorphic features. It was the worst thing you could skim through. And I just left it on my desk. Um, And it wasn't immediate where I thought, you know, I knew this was unacceptable, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't immediate where I thought that I had the power or the ability to change that. Mm-hmm. And when she was three years old is really where I think I picked that up finally and read it. Really? Um, so you kept it for the three years. I did. I didn't want to let an old brochure define how I was going to raise my child and define her future mm-hmm. and all of the possibilities. I didn't want it limiting me and my mindset. So when I was ready, I read it and it took me three years and I finally had the courage, the bandwidth, and kind of that feeling of I can, I can create change here. Mm-hmm. I can do something here so that nobody needs to read a 30-year-old for sure. And that's really when I decided to think about funding research, um, dedicating my full time and leaving my career in business and finance and, mm-hmm. and started thinking about starting a foundation. Now, for people that don't know a lot about like rare diseases, so how many people get diagnosed per year? So we actually don't know that number. Believe it or not, the global healthcare system isn't as integrated as we'd like it to be. (laughs) So um, I thought you could just, you know, put in some database, aka Google, and say, how many kids have chromosome 8P disorders? Um, how many people are born with it? No, there is no output to that. Um, it probably leads you to like error found, page not found. Really? Um, I would think the same thing though. I think everybody else would think so too, because you can get yeah. anything you want, any type of information. And so they're not sure. Is it because, you know, when we were talking the other day on the phone, you said there's a lot of children that are misdiagnosed as well. Mm-hmm. So we kind of estimate based on numbers that there's about a half a million people in the world with some sort of 
genetic change in this region called chromosome 8p. And I know it's kind of complicated to understand. Like you have to go back to your like high school science class, if you even remember that, or we're taught that. And so, um, you know, that's the number that we're thinking of. I think that a lot of people are probably on this planet that maybe have some uh, neurological or thing that affected their brain or their abilities and didn't get genetic testing, which is very much available and affordable today. But, you know, a decade ago or 20 years ago, the Human Genome Project cost over a billion dollars to sequence, to understand all the genes in your body in a human being. And so that's pretty recent. And so if you're 50 years old, you might have been diagnosed with cerebral palsy, or you might have some sort of maybe what they misdiagnose is like a severe mental health disorder. But if they actually did advanced genetic testing and you were able to get that, there would be answers. Mm -hmm. there, should be, there should be no diagnostic odyssey anymore. There should be no journey to get to a diagnosis. The technology exists, the science exists, and medicine exists today to be able to get the diagnosis. We don't always know what that means, does that lead to a real disease or not? But we should be able to understand if there's compromised genes in your body. Does this go, it kind of goes into this question about your registry that you have on your website. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. So one of the things that I realized in the last few years of starting the foundation is that parents are really the experts. Um, and this really affects children from birth. So generally the kids with AP changes in their DNA um, don't necessarily know how to advocate for themselves. They're generally nonverbal. They can't talk and tell you what's happening with them or, you know, are not as mobile, um, cognitively pretty delayed. Um, intellectual disability is a, one of the biggest uh, symptoms of this. And so the parents generally are the advocates and the ones that can describe what the dis disorder is looking like. And so when I realized that we're the goldmine of knowledge of this disease. All the doctors and researchers in the world can't tell us unless we actually exchange that information with each other. And how best can we organize this information? And so I launched uh, the Chromosome 8P Registry, which is the only organized registry in the world for 8P disorders. Um, we're the only foundation for 8P disorders. And, and how do we get this rich you know, information in some sort of systematic standardized way so that we can actually tell doctors, here's what we're all seeing collectively. Mm -hmm. Help us make sense of this. Um, here's what we're seeing. My child is one. Now my child is two. I'm giving, I'm putting updates. My child is three. I'm putting updates. My child is 30. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you what I'm seeing and then make, get some meaningful insights from that information. And I think that that's the whole notion of uh, patient-led research and patient-centered road to treatment. And that's really how it has to be. I don't, I don't think there's any other way. So when companies come up with drugs and they weren't designed for the patients, they generally don't work and they lose billions of dollars of investment. If they actually started working with the patients from day one, we'd be pretty successful in finding treatments and giving people a meaningful life that they deserve. I want to ask you a little bit about, so you say that you want to, people to donate for these clinical trials. Well, can you explain a little bit more about what you're looking to do? So we're inviting 
people to join us to be a global difference maker. And I think that the vision for us is really to understand brain-related disorders and think broadly about how we can do this together on this planet. And, And so it's a pretty grand vision and there's a lot of scientific merit to that vision. So it's not just a wish. I think there's a roadmap based on today's technology of how to get there. So we're inviting people to be a global difference maker with us and give to all of our programs where we're trying to identify therapies to help improve our AP heroes lives. But we know that on that scientific journey, and even the way that we're working with our neurogenetic hospital clinics that we're trying to scale and develop, if we can build this infrastructure, it's not only to help people with chromosome 8P disorders. This can help people that have a disorder that affects their brain, that has genes that are compromised. And so we can make a true impact on this planet. And all of our families are all over the world. And there's so much to learn from each other. And I think that that mindset of not being so specific to the disease and thinking about how we can build this together and create some infrastructure to learn from similar disorders is going to be groundbreaking. And so that's what we're really trying to do. If you go onto your YouTube, you have this beautiful video of some of the families. And this was one of the great things that I loved about your foundation is that you've taken a lot of families that felt like they were on a boat by themselves and brought them together. And there was um, a mother on there, Athena, that said that you've had a couple conferences and she said that the impact it had on her family was she was speechless. She didn't feel alone anymore. So can you talk a little bit about how you're bringing all of these families together to make a big impact? Yes. So I think that, you know, when I talked about families being the experts, right, it can be very isolating to get a diagnosis, get a 30-year-old for sure, and not know anybody on the planet that has a similar diagnosis, you know, without being connected. And so I think if the foundation can be the bridge to connecting these people, then we're going to start understanding what this disease looks like. And then we're going to start coming up with the plan to help these amazing heroes. And so in 2019, in under six months, we hosted a conference in New York City at Columbia University um, and Everyone said we couldn't do it. (laughs) um, I always think about, you know, well, one, I don't listen to anybody. So um, (laughs) I love it. It's a strength and a weakness, right? Yeah. But so um, I know I knew that we could do it. And I knew that when I had families that had a dire need to be connected to each other, that we were going to get people to be able to come to New York. And we had 63 families within six months fly in to New York City in the summer of 2019 and for the first time ever have eight P heroes meet each other. And it was like meeting, it was, we all came together as strangers from all over the world. We had people from Slovenia and Australia, New Zealand, different countries in Europe, the US, Canada, Mexico. I mean, everybody came together and we became a family and we could see these beautiful children like an extension. We were like, these are the people that are going to be in your life forever. And you're meeting them for the first time. And even me as a mom, I didn't know how important that connection was going to be. 
And that just set the groundwork for all of the things that we know we can achieve. How did it feel when you looked at the room and you saw these 63 families at the conference? I still get the chills thinking about it. It felt unbelievable. I think for each of them, even like we were just in tears and Mm -hmm. hugs um, because for the first time I was meeting another mother who knew what I went through. Like I can tell the story to people, but unless you know what I went through, it's going to be hard to really empathize and understand. And I think we all just gave each other this like bright light, bright flame of hope and how we can work together. I think that was one of the really most important things that we all realized that like put our arms around each other, embrace each other, and we're going to create change. Now, how do you see your organization in 10 years? That we've changed their lives. We've found treatment options. We understand what to expect. We know what additional symptoms to prevent. Um, That knowledge is power. And I think that you better believe we're going to have treatment options. Oh, I know you will. Just uh, <laughs> when I was on the phone with you and it took about one minute and I was like, this mom, she, <laughs> she's going to make things happen. I can tell. So if somebody is listening to this and they want to become a global difference, they want to be part of the campaign. Mm-hmm. How do they go about doing that? Sure. So um, you can go to our website. It's pretty easy, www.projectap.org. And um, I sound like an advertisement, but um, <laughs> there's a donate button right up top. You can do it off your phone um, or your computer, or your iPad, um, any device. You can also text text this number and, um, and it's 929-552-4186. Just text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to that number. And... Um, You'll get a link right away. And and that's kind of the way to join. But you can also email me personally. I talk to everyone. I am so excited to expand our community of supporters and global difference makers and be on this journey with us. So I'm at Bina, B-I-N-A, at projectap.org. I love talking to everybody in the universe about spreading our mission and, um, and helping us because, I mean, You know, there's so much out there in this field. And I think that we need all the help that we can get. So I'd love to hear from all of you. I think we need to spread a lot of education and awareness about advocating for ourselves and our loved ones in general. You know, and I want to tell people again, like to go onto your website. And honestly, there were so many parts about your letter that you wrote. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a mama three and you had me in tears several different times, you know, when you mentioned that it took your daughter around five years to say hi and 8,000 hours of all kinds of different therapies. It just, you got me. I, I was, I can't imagine um, what you know, you and all of these families go through. And I know that by listening to you and you were explaining exactly what your mission is, that you're going to help so many people. And I mean, thank you for all of your work. I mean, just not for your family, but for everyone, as you said, around the world, we're coming to your conferences. So before I let you go, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that people know? I think that I want people to feel empowered. 
to feel empowered to take ownership of your own health and well-being. There, there are answers out there. And um, it's hard to play the role of detective to find those answers. And you don't have to feel alone in doing that. There's always people out there to help. I mean, we're one organization. There's many, many. And just to believe that people want to help you, but you should feel truly empowered that you'll be able to find those answers and, and find partners and friends and people that can be on this journey with you. Like never feel alone because I felt alone and I don't want anyone else to ever feel that. Oh, Fina, thank you so much for being a guest on a community of caring and anybody that wants to be a global difference maker, be part of the campaign and make sure to go onto their website or text, email, so many different options. That's all in the show notes too. Um, so anybody listening, just look on your phone and all the information will be right below. So thank you so much again for being a guest and thank you to the listeners for tuning in to another episode of A Community of Caring. Until next time. If you would like to learn more about our organization, please follow us on Facebook at Truman Charities or Instagram at Jamie underscore Truman Charities or check out our website, trumancharities.com. I hope you enjoyed listening and hearing stories of selflessness and caring. Thank you so much. And I see you next time.